listening to the Legends Universe Podcast. This podcast is for creative listeners and readers who love being immersed in new worlds filled with heroes worth cheering for. I'm your host, author Joe Field, and before we continue with the slug, let's listen in on what's happened so far. You're right, I'm La Babosa, and it's a pleasure to meet you, Max Sawyer. You need to continue to fight, and I need your help here in Finska. Give me a day to think about it. He grabbed his mask and pulled it over his head for the first time since leaving Mexico. Are you going to face your fears or hide forever? Cutter wants to see you. Why me? To his chagrin, his construction manager's name was listed on the board for Quadrant 4. I know you're from some Latin American poop hole country, and your culture loves to be tardy and take siestas all day. I'm going to dock your pay today, and any time in the future you don't arrive on time or use too many materials, you work for free those days. Do you understand, oh? I don't understand jerks. The slug unclipped his construction bell and turned it upside down. Tools and screws fell on the ground in front of Cutter's boots. Here. You can have the rest of my materials. I quit. He marched straight to Center City without slowing down or stopping. He reached up and found the remaining empty slot for Quadrant 3 and wrote in all caps, THE SLUG. Alright folks, get ready. Episode 4 is about to begin right now. Center City in Finska. The slug stood across the street from the arena in a dark alley. He watched the citizens of Finska pour through the arena gates from every quadrant. There was a sense of excitement in the air, and it reminded him of when he used to watch fans fill the arenas for his AAA matches back home. Tickets out, metal turnstiles twisting, the first round of cervezas ordered. Finska's arena in Center City reminded Laba Bosa of pictures he had seen of ancient Roman gladiator stadiums. It was shaped in a perfect circle and built with concrete. The arena wasn't long or wide, but it was tall. It reminded him of the five-gallon buckets he used at construction sites. There were some cracks in the exterior walls, but the structure looked like it held up pretty well against the natural disasters. After he signed his name on the board the day before, he had gone to his dorm room and hung up his wrestling outfit. He was tempted to stitch the hole in his cape but left it. He had a restless night of sleep thinking about his first fight back from living in the shadows for nine months. He laid in his bed trying to visualize what the ring and crowd would be like. He knew the fighters he would face would be huge as everyone in Finska was oversized. He thought about the special fight rules and wondered what sort of weapons people would bring. What weapon will I bring? He kept asking himself that question late into the night. As the sun came up, he had fallen asleep. The sound of citizens chanting on their way to the arena woke him up late in the afternoon. He had carefully put on his wrestling outfit, piece by piece, leaving the cape for last. Placing the cape over his head, he thought of his old coach, Onyx. He wondered what had happened to Onyx after the match with El Lobo. Maybe he's El Lobo's coach now. The slug looked at himself in the tiny oval mirror that hung over his desk in his dorm room. He peered at the curl green edges rising up the side of the mask's purple face. The eternal smile made him feel good like he was whole again. He kissed the picture of his abuela and left. On his way to the arena, he grabbed a piece of 2x4 stud lumber at one of the vacant construction sites. He stopped in an alley across from the arena and leaned on the stud like it was a walking stick. His foot tapped in time with the music blaring from the arena. He watched a group of men zip by on electric scooters. The group seemed out of place given he had seen no scooters around Finska until now. He looked closer and saw the person leading the scooter gang had shaggy blonde hair flapping in the wind. Mac? (laughs) 
The slug laughed. I guess he takes that scooter everywhere he goes. He realized Mac's security guards were on scooters right behind him. Mac had some sort of large silver object attached to the front of his scooter, but La Babosa couldn't tell what it was. The slug headed across the street toward Mac to see if he could catch him before he went inside the arena. Mac stopped his scooter at a side entrance to the arena. A tall, thin man wearing a cowboy hat opened the side entrance. The man's face beamed when he saw Mac and they shook each other's hand with the enthusiasm of old friends. As the slug approached them, he met eyes with one of Mac's security guards. The guard tapped Mac's shoulder and pointed at La Babosa. Mac turned around and threw his hands up in the air. There's the man of the hour! The slug waved his stud in the air. Hello, sir. Enough of this sir shenanigans. Call me Mac. And what's with the lumber? You said we needed a blunt instrument. No, no, no. Mac shook his head as he took the stud from him. We can do better than that. I've got something for you. But first, I'd like to introduce you to someone. He turned toward the man in the cowboy hat. This is Chip Wanamaker. He's a sports journalist with Finska Sports Network. Oh no, a journalist? Chip had a small notepad and pen in his left hand. A camera was draped around his neck. Chip stretched out his right hand. You must be la ba Whoa, Chipper! Mac pointed the stud at Chip's chest. The slug, remember? That's right, the slug. Chip nodded his head. They shook hands. Pleasure to meet you, Chip. And Mac's right. I would appreciate you keeping my Spanish name out of any of your articles. I'll try my best, Chip winked at him. Before the slug could speak anymore, Chip continued. Welcome to Finska. I heard you're living down in Quadrant 3. I live up in 2. Thank you, the slug said. I've spent very little time up in two. I've mostly been in my quadrant or over in four working on a construction site. Your first pairing is with someone from Chip's quadrant that goes by the name Q-Ball, Max said, turning to Chip. Can you give my main man here the inside scoop or what? Hey now, Chip eyed Mac. I want my quadrant to win. His voice trailed off. But I wouldn't mind seeing Q-Ball getting plummeled by someone. Chip looked the slug up and down. Half his size, wearing purple spandex. Easy, cowboy! Mac lifted the setup like he was going to take a swing at Chip. This is an authentic Lucha Libre wrestling outfit you're talking about. <laughs> the slug laughed. It's okay. I've heard it all. I wouldn't mind knowing more about Q-Ball, though. Chip put his hands up in mock defense. I grew up going to school with Q-Ball, and he was the classic school bully. He was always bigger and tougher than the rest of us, and he made our lives miserable. While he's big and has a killer grip, he is slower in the speed category and can get impatient. I also know he has a bum right knee from when he thought he could kick through a brick wall behind one of the Billards clubs. Someone dared him to do it and even put money down saying he couldn't. I watched as Q-Ball kicked through that wall for what felt like hours until he finally broke through. He may have won the bet, but he ended up destroying the cartilage in his knee. Thanks for the tip about the knee, the slug nodded his head. It also gives me a sense of what type of person he is. Why does he go by the name Q-Ball? You'll see. I better get in position. Gonna get some good shots of the fight. Chip held up his camera as he turned away and then stopped. Mac, why don't you bring the slug over with you later to my place? My son is dying to meet you and we can look at the pictures from the fight together. The slug gazed down at the camera. I don't want to impose. Thanks, Chipper, Mac jumped in. For the intel on cue ball and for inviting us over. We'll both be there. I might bring someone else as well, if that's cool with you. Sounds good. Swing over after the match. Chipper tipped the brim of his hat and entered the arena. I always get a little nervous around journalists. The slug looked up at Mac. I hope he doesn't put too much out there about me. Don't worry. I called him earlier and had a chat about it. Plus, no one outside of Finska even knows FSN exists. Mac threw the stud down on the ground. Now, I have something for you. What is it? The slug could hear the chatter of the crowd swell. 
Mac grabbed the silver object from the front of his scooter. It was a metal folding chair, the type they used as props in Lucha Libre. Mac held it up with a smile. On the center of the chair's seat, his slug emblem was painted in all of his colors. The slug placed a hand over his heart. Mac, he didn't have to do that. This baby isn't just any old chair, Mac began. I had my mad scientist back in Arrowhead make it. Guy goes by the name of Dr. Huckleberry. He's a wizard with making weapons. Mac held the chair by his legs. He made this work of art out of a special tungsten metal, his own proprietary blend he calls tongue tie. The chair weighs about 12 pounds and packs a punch. Mac handed it to him. I call it the goober. Just like a slug leaves a trail of goo when it moves, you're going to leave a pile of goo when you smash your opponents over the head with this sucker. What do you think? The slug took the chair in his hands. It instantly felt like an extension of his body. He had used countless folding chairs in his AAA days, but they were always flimsy and light. He swung the chair by the legs to see how it performed. It felt sturdy and heavy, but not too heavy. A perfect balance. The goober. He looked back at Mac. I love it. Muchas gracias. De nada. Mac winked at him and opened the arena door. Come on. It's time for you to whoop cue ball's butt. Cue ball's pale white bald head sparkled under the stadium's lights. His neck was stacked like a keg of beer and he looked equally thick in the chest and arms. The slug tucked the ends of his cape behind his back and stretched his arms on the top ropes of the ring. He smelled sweaty bodies fueled by alcohol. He glanced out at the crowd. He could see money changing hands for wagers on the match. He heard people laughing as they lifted their index finger and thumb up in front of their faces. They left a small gap between the index and thumb as if comparing him to the size of an actual slug. You got this slug! Matt called out from the front row. At least I have one person cheering for me. The slug saw a stranger standing next to Mac, chatting with him. He was sporting a dark mustache and had a large, crooked nose. He had an athletic build similar to Mac, but was perhaps larger. The stranger called out, Let's go, slug! Make that two supporters. The slug gave them a two-finger salute. He saw a flash from a camera at ringside and spotted Chip below. The slug turned away quickly. He looked down at the metal bin in his corner and checked to make sure his goober was ready. He positioned the goober so the legs were sticking up. He glanced back at cue ball and saw he had what appeared to be a billiard's cue stick in his bin, except it was made of some sort of metal instead of wood. It resembled a spear or javelin without the point at the end. Ladies and gentlemen, the announcer's voice came over the loudspeaker. Welcome to the first match of the tournament, the round of eight. The winner will move on as they seek the coveted championship belt of Finska. A stunning woman dressed in skimpy, skin-tight attire walked around the ring, holding up the championship belt. It reminded him of his old AAA days when beautiful women would walk around the arena with signs informing the audience of what round it was. And in the red corner... The announcer continued, Hailing from Quadrant 2, we have the Rough and Tumble Pool Shark, Cuball! The crowd let out a loud cheer as Cuball raised his billiards cue up and twirled it around his head with such ease it made it seem like it was his third arm. And in the blue corner, the announcer paused for effect. Hailing from Quadrant 3, we have the mysterious wrestling luchador known as the Slug! As if on cue, the entire arena broke out in laughter. Everyone was holding up their index fingers and thumbs, mocking his size. The Slug ignored them and cracked his neck and knuckles. 
He swung his arms in front of him, trying to keep loose. He peered down at cue ball's bum knee and saw he was wearing a brace. Just work on the knee and the giant will crumble. Remember, we're using Finska fight rules, the announcer said. Once the horn goes off and the red light starts swirling, the fighters are free to use their weapons. First one to pin, knock out, or get their opponent to surrender wins. Let's get ready to rumble! A referee surfaced and came to the center of the ring. He extended his arm. The two fighters came forward. Cubal had a smirk on his face. I'm going to squash you like the little insect you are. <laughs> Cubal snickered. You should have seen what I did to the last unoriginal fighter who used that weak line. The slug curled the palm of his hand up and waved his fingers back and forth, motioning for Cubal to come closer. Vamos. Cubal's smirk turned into a snarl. The referee lifted his arm. Fight! Cubal stretched out his long arms and lunged at the slug. Before he could wrap him, the slug sent a kick to Cubal's knee, hitting him square in the brace. Cubal twisted away in visible pain, but came back fast with a backhand across the slug's face. The slug twisted away. Before he could turn back, Cubal hooked his arms around the slug's armpits and ripped him up and over his body, slamming him hard into the mat. The crowd screamed. The slug's vision went black for a moment, then he blinked his eyes open. He saw Cubal pandering to the crowd, cupping a hand behind his ear. The crowd let out a loud cheer. Cubal flexed his bicep and the slug went in low. He hit Cubal with a shoulder to the back of the knee. Cubal arched his back and fell to the mat. The slug tried to put Cubal's leg in a lock, but Cubal started throwing elbows down his head and the slug had to spin out. Both back on their feet, they glared at each other as they jockeyed for position. The slug was about to reach out for him when Cubal suddenly turned and sprinted back to his corner. Where is he going? The slug started after him but slowed up when he realized he heard a horn blowing. He spotted the spinning red light on the side of the ring. Cubal was holding the end of the billiards cue like it was a baseball bat. The slug spun back to his corner and heard someone scream out, Goober! As the billiards cue hit him square across the bat. He fell face first into the mat. He felt like he'd been hit by a metal whip. A severe sting shot up and down his spine. He instinctively rolled from his stomach to his back. Cubal's cue came smashing down on the mat right where the slug had been. The slug kicked the back of Cubal's ankle. Cubal stumbled to the side of the ring. The slug sprinted to his bin. The adrenaline coursing through his body kept the pain in his back at bay. He grabbed the goober by the chair legs. Turning back to the center of the mat, the slug watched as Cubal wound up and swung his bill's cue like a baseball bat right at his head. The slug ducked under Cubal's attack and a whoosh of air rushed right over his head. Cubal was caught off balance, catching himself by putting all of his weight in his front leg. Before he could recover, the slug jabbed the rounded tip of the goober into Cubal's knee. He heard the nasty crunch of Cubal's kneecap shattering. Cubal screamed as he collapsed to the mat, clutching his knee with both hands. The slug kicked Cubal's billers' cue out of the ring. The crowd rose to his feet in anticipation. Finish him! Matt called out from the front row. The slug looked down at the emblem on his goober, a slug with a smug look on its face, as if the slug was saying, don't underestimate me or you'll pay. He lifted the chair above his head. He ran at Cubal, who had slunk himself into the corner of the ring. Cubal tried to put his hands up in front of his face, but couldn't get them up in time. The slug jumped and smashed down to the crown of Cubal's head. Nacho Mama! The slug called out. Cubal's body fell to the mat. The referee held up one of Cubal's arms, then let go of it. The arm crashed back to the mat with a thud. Winner by knockout, the referee shouted, pointing at the slug. The slug lifted his goober above his head in victory. The crowd let out indistinct murmurs, and the slug watched his angry patrons pass money to bookies. That's why I swore off gambling right there, he thought. The underdog wins sometimes. He saw Mac and the stranger next to him pumping their fists in celebration. The slug flexed a bicep at them and winked. Just as he did, there was a flash of light from a camera at ringside. Chip lowered his camera and gave the slug a thumbs up. Glancing between Cubal's body on the mat and Chip with his camera, the slug felt a chill run through his body. Why am I more afraid of the reporter?
Thank you for listening to the Legends Universe Podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode to see what happens when the slug gets paired up with someone he despises in the next round of the tournament. Also, make sure to check out the new slug t-shirt and other fresh merch at legendsuniverse.net. That's legendsuniverse.net. Until next time, this is author Joe Field. Chop suey!